0: Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Benedictine College and Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audiblepodcast.com forward slash I Think Bigger. And if I am correct, we'll have Michael confirm it. Our guest today's new book and his his other books, too, can be downloaded through audiblepodcast.com. So our guest is Michael Michaelowicz. He joins us to discuss his latest book, Profit First, A Simple System to Transform Any Business from a Cash-Eating Monster to a Money-Making Machine. Now, wouldn't we all like to know the secrets to doing that? By his 35th birthday, Mike had founded and sold two multi-million dollar companies. Confident that he had the formula to success, he became an angel investor. And then he proceeded to lose his entire fortune. So we started all over again like a true entrepreneur, but this time with a new Profit First formula. Michael now operates his third million-dollar venture, the This Group, but he also has another company called Profit First Professionals. He's a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal, the former MSNBC business makeover expert, and he's a keynote speaker on entrepreneurship. Michael's the author, as I said, of profit first, but also two other best-selling books called *The Pumpkin Plan* and *The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur*, which *Business Week* deemed the entrepreneur's cult classic. Welcome, Michael. Well,
1: thank you for that that introduction, Kelly. I appreciate it's good. Good to see you.
0: Oh, good to have hear you. you. I should say, well, good to <laughs> right, but hopefully, we're going to see you again soon uh, within 2014. For those of you who are listening, yeah. uh, Michael, within Kansas City. Uh, about a year, maybe 18 months ago, I lose track of time, and he was talking with our group about the Pumpkin Plan. And he's promised to come back in November of this year to Kansas City and talk about the book we're going to be discussing today, Profit First. So let, let's talk about that, Michael. It comes out next week on July 8th, correct?
1: Correct, correct, and it is on Audible, uh, which is a wonderful platform.
0: Yes. So uh, thank you for confirming that. Now. You say that business owners can start putting profit first with their very next deposit. That's a really bold statement for a lot of business owners to hear. So talk to us about what that means. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, and I actually take it even a step further. I say more than they can just put their profit first with the next deposit, they can become profitable with the next deposit. And why I say that is um, I've come to realize that we as business owners – uh, utilize a flawed formula um, out of I think there's about 28 million small businesses 21 million are check to check businesses barely getting by and I, I was thinking how, how can so many entrepreneurs be flawed how can so many people get it wrong are we all that uh, ignorant it's not possible and then It hit me. I mean, it was a confluence of multiple events, but when I came to this realization, the formula that we use is flawed, and what it is is the GAAP formula, generally accepted accounting principles, Mm -hmm. tells us this, that sales minus expenses equals profit. That's the formula, and we've all been told to use this. Sell as much as you can, incur expenses to support your sales and whatever you deliver, and the the remainder, the leftovers, profit. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, the remainder, the leftover is profit. It's the final afterthought. And therefore, for most entrepreneurs, it never happens. We, we sell as much as we can. We incur expenses, which consistently run the same rate of sales, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little bit less, but generally the same rate of sales. And therefore, at the end of the day, there's nothing left. So here's how I guarantee profitability. Uh, and this does guarantee it. The, the question is, are you willing to do it?
0: Right. It's,
1: it's sales minus profit equals expenses. And what I mean by this is you sell as much as you can, as you always did. Then you first take your profit out. You predetermine a percentage, 5, 10, 15, maybe 20%. You predetermine of revenue. You're going to allocate immediately to your profit account. Then the remainder is expenses. So now you have a small amount of money available uh, to cover expenses, and that's how you guarantee profit. The, the key here is if you... Can't afford your expenses, if there's not enough money left over, that is your business basically screaming and shaking you saying, You can't afford the expenses you're incurring. If you want to be profitable, you can't do what you're doing. So you simply flip flip the formula, you instantly become profitable, and your business tells you very acutely, very uh, resoundingly loud that. When an expense is more than you have reserved for expenses, you can't afford that expense.
0: So putting the profit first in the formula, because really this formula is just turning it, the elements are the same. You're just exactly. putting them in different places. But what it's forcing you to do is really hone down in on those expenses. And maybe the cost of these sales is more than than it's worth. Maybe you know you should be focused on some other other. Uh, item, or you should be focused on some other service because you're just with these kinds of expenses, you're just never going to be a successful business, or you just need to get really real with yourself and say, As much as I like having a couch in every office. Mm, I, I just can't afford those kinds of luxuries. And you have to get really serious about what you can support. What kind of lifestyle your business can live, basically?
1: Yeah, no, this is absolutely correct. Um, often we're living a lifestyle beyond um, uh, beyond what our business truly can afford. And the reason is is we become victims of a thing called Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's Law, there was a gentleman happened to be Parkinson's, nothing to do with the disease, mm-hmm. and his name was Northcote Parkinson. What he theorized was that the availability uh, of a resource gets consumed in its entirety so any resource regardless of how available it is is always consumed by people to its full use so for, for example if, if you told me mike i'll get a proposal to you within a week it mm-hmm. will take you a week to get it to me absolutely if you, if you tell me that exact same proposal will take eight weeks now it'll take eight weeks We consume the time that we make available. And this is true for food. If you serve a full plate, you eat the full plate. If it's a small plate, you eat it. If it's a big plate, you eat it. The resource gets consumed in its entirety. Now, this also applies to money. So when we have that one checking account, all the sales goes into that checking account, piles up, we see all that money sitting there Parkinson's Mm -hmm. law kicks in, and we say, oh, we have available all these deposits. I can now pay my bills, make those investments, and so forth, and we consume it all. By simply extracting your profit first, tucking it away, reserving it away, now that this plate, if you will, is reduced, it's a smaller size. Yes, we still consume the full serving, but we can't afford the expenses that we thought we could afford. We have to become innovative again. We have to find how to get things done with less money. We, We can't afford our rent that we're paying now. We find cheaper space. All these things are forced to happen. And and now, Parkinson's Law becomes our biggest ally. Before, it was our detriment because we consumed this mass quantity of sales that gets deposited. Now, by reducing the amount, um, Parkinson's Law kicks in and, and says that we will find a way to consume what's available. And because we want to deliver at a certain quality level, we have to become innovative. It, it, ironically, by taking your profit first, it kicks you back to your original original entrepreneurial days. Yes. You know, you know?
0: Before you had any sales, when you when you knew that you could not afford the couches in every office. This makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. But I can just bet you there are some business owners out there who are listening, who are raising their eyebrows. And why I say that is because I know there's some out there who are probably in a cash crunch right now. And they can't imagine being able to set aside profit on their next deposit when they're already behind on their bills and Maybe they even have collectors knocking on their doors. So what do you say to them, people who are in that situation?
1: Yeah, so, so first of all, you represent, unfortunately, but that's the reality. You represent the majority of people. Most businesses are check by check. And, and this is true. I've studied so many companies, and I've lost count. But this is true for $10, $50 million companies. Some of those are running check by check. And I know a guy who's got a, a $10 million company who's got lawn furniture in his house um, because he's barely g- getting by. As the business grows, it becomes more stressful. And, and what businesses are doing is, when they're not profitable, they believe the solution is like I sell more. I got to grow, grow my way out of this. But, but sales solves all
0: good. problems. That's what we've always heard.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it, it causes more problems because we get we delve deeper. The, the key is this. It's. It's in profitability occurs in efficiency. Ironically, it's the fewer things we do, the less variables in what we offer where we can become more efficient and profitability grows. So if you are, are running check by check, if you're behind on bills right now, if you're accumulating debt, you absolutely need to take your profit first. Because this is a bucket of cold water in your face that now the business is, is screaming at the top of its lungs. You've got to cut back on expenses. And the only way to cut back on expenses and still deliver the sales volume is by reducing variability. Uh, let me give a simple example if you're a manufacturer and you make say ceramic mugs I have a coffee mug in front of me now if you make ceramic mugs you can get really efficient at that but if you also make a telephone uh, computer monitors and automobiles now there's so many variables the quality of the mug is actually going to drop there's too much going on you have all this equipment that's not necessary for mugs well Every business ultimately is a manufacturer. We all manufacture and an experience at the end of the day. So what we need to do is figure out what are we truly delivering, delivering to our clients, reverse engineer our way there, and figure out what are the fewest steps we can take to get there, and that's where profitability represents or presents itself.
0: Okay, and some of what you just said plays into the pumpkin plan uh, message that you have as well. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be visiting with Michael about how we can put the profits first uh, theory and make it a reality. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back.
1: It's true, who you know is
0: important, but what you know and how you apply that knowledge is what helps accelerate your career. Benedictine College's Executive MBA program is the only one-year Executive MBA program in Kansas City. The North Johnson County campus and weekend class times are convenient and allow you to learn from world-class thought leaders and collaborate with other executives who intend to make a difference in their business and their community. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. Before we get back to the show, I'd like to introduce you to one of our new sponsors. The company is Audible.com. And if you're not familiar with what they do, they're a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to any of them on any device, including what you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, don't go to their main website because you won't be able to get the offer if you do that. You need to go to our URL, audibletrial.com forward slash Thinking Bigger. And if you do that, you get one free audiobook and a one month free trial of the service. You need to use our special URL, audibletrial.com forward slash thinking in order to get that free audiobook and a one month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com forward slash bigger. This whole Obamacare thing has me so confused. I don't know how it's going to affect my employees, my business, or even my own family. Can anyone explain this in simple, easy-to-understand
1: terms? ACAMadeEasy.com I don't have time for Obamacare. I've got a business to run. Can't someone just tell me what I need to know so I can get back to work? ACAMadeEasy.com
0: I don't really like it, but it's the law we have, and I don't want to get crossways with the IRS. Who knows how this really works?
1: At ACAMadeEasy.com we're all small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you. We're also federally certified Affordable Care Act business specialists. We can help. Go to ACAMadeEasy.com today.
0: Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Tiffany's Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Michael Michalowicz. He's here today talking with us about his new book that's going to come out on July the 8th called Profit First and Why Businesses Need to not next week, not next month, but right now today start thinking of their business with this type of a mindset. So Michael, we've been talking about how with every piece of money that comes in, every piece of revenue that comes in, you you figure out what you want your profit to be and then you take that out of each deposit, set it aside. You had said earlier that one of the things that's uh, one of the things that's a problem when people just put money in the bank, and then when their expenses come in, they pay out of that big hunk of money, they see it sitting there, and maybe they don't have as many expenses coming in at this particular period of time, so they think they've got some extra money and they go spend it on something that's maybe a little frivolous and not essential mm-hmm. to their business. Well, wouldn't that amount of money just be even bigger sitting there if you're putting profit first, uh, What are and, and the temptation even greater to go spend it on things that you might not be vital for your business? How, yeah, what kind of I- tips? would you give to yeah, avoid
1: absolutely. that? <laughs> no, you're absolutely... That, that's what we fall victim to. So as we become more profitable, if it just sits in front of us, the temptation to use it, it grows dramatically. So there's actually two tips I have. First of all, set up multiple accounts. I call these setting up multiple plates. And by the way, I took this from the the health industry. And one thing that kind of opened my eyes uh, in a big way was they said, you know, when Thanksgiving dinner is served and that nice turkey is put on the table, does everyone just jump on the serving tray and eat off of that? (laughs) No, we take slices and put it on a plate and it gets divvied up. Well, in, in, in our business, most companies have like one or two accounts. We have a savings account, a checking account, maybe an employee payroll account. Um, so we have very few accounts. It's basically one big serving tray, and we're eating off of it. Instead, what we need to do is set up these multiple plates. I suggest set up an account exclusively for profit, another one for the pay of the owners and also one for pay of employees. Set up an account for taxes, reserving tax money. And what happens is by setting up all these different little plates, we can see where the money is preallocated. So step one is go to your bank immediately and set up more accounts. Then when you allocate money to profit, you actually physically move it from your serving tray, if you will, and you, you put that slice onto your profit account and so forth. This way, when you look at your bank accounts, it's very clear how money is divided up. The, the second element is to remove temptation, right? right. So if, if, if you – for me – well, let me put it this way. For, for me, my temptation is um, – Twizzlers, the those strawberry Twizzlers.
0: <laughs> Oh, my gosh, they're mine, too. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, God. Well, we would be... I, we now, would, I don't
0: like many sweet things, but those always get
1: me. Oh, my God. And God forbid to put in front of me. I'll eat a whole pack. I mean, I'll literally get yes. sick. Okay. Yes. Good. So we're we're, we're uh, soulmates, clearly, when it comes to Twizzlers. Yeah. In, your,
0: in your jaws ache by the end. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'll even eat stale ones. Like, I'm so addicted to this stuff. It can, it can be consumed like a rock. It can be the texture of a rock. I'll still eat it. Mm-hmm. So the key for me to not eat Twizzlers to the point where I'm sick is to simply not have them available. So there is no Twizzlers in my house. There's no Twizzlers in my office. There's no Twizzlers anywhere in immediate radius for me. And there I eat way less, only when, they're, when when I drive by a gas station and I see that they have them. So in our business, we need to do the same thing with our profit account. Once you allocate money to profit, set up a account with another bank but here's the funny thing. Don't get any of the convenience options. Don't even get a checkbook for it. Just this is a spot for your profits to pile up. And when the money gets allocated to profit, you transfer it to the second bank. The only way you can pull the money out is perhaps by getting a banker's check because you meet with the bank manager. But mm-hmm. you want to remove the temptation from borrowing, and I'm doing the air quotes around that. It's really right. We don't want to steal from ourselves. And once you remove the temptation, the money's hard to get hold of, Sure enough, you have to find a way to make things work with less money available for expenses. And sure enough, you do find a way.
0: Yes. So much of what you're talking about today really talks about changing behavior and mindset as opposed to the old accounting principles that
1: rely on logic, right? That's exactly it. I had a call with an accountant. and I was doing this, and he said, Mike, you know, he started laughing at me. He goes, this is the most (laughs) ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. He goes, just set up your GL accounts, general ledger accounts, in your accounting system. He goes, tie your cash flow statement to your balance sheet and then tie that back to your income statement for the monthlies, and you'll have the numbers there. And I said, Bob, my head is spinning, and you lost me when you already said GL accounts. That's way too complex. I explained to him, you have to understand the typical entrepreneur isn't Spock. Uh, The the typical entrepreneur doesn't understand or or have the time or wherewithal to connect all these statements and figure things out. But what we do do is we look at our bank accounts pretty much every day. We log into the Internet, check out what the bank balance is, and then make instinctual decisions. So my suggestion to him and to everybody, instead of trying to become this logical being that we're not – Continue your behavior of checking your bank accounts every day, but simply put these guardrails in place where you have these different physical accounts set up so you can see where the money is allocated, remove the temptation, and by doing that and a few other steps, now this natural behavior of checking your bank accounts every day becomes your biggest asset. It's a great way to manage your books you know, at the snap of your fingers.
0: Yeah. Now, the bottom line then, no pun intended, is that profit really is king. We hear that cash is king, profit is king, because if you're making a profit, then the cash is there. Uh, you don't care, from what I'm hearing you say, you don't care how big someone's business is, and you don't care how many employees they have or how much revenue they've earned, because none of that matters if the business isn't healthy, and actually increases in all of those things don't necessarily translate into a healthy profit right? Yes.
1: That's true for what I call new Mike, the new me. I'm going to have this revelation. <laughs> uh, old Mike, who was just an arrogant beast, uh, believed that the top line was everything. It, that was what I would pound my chest over. So when someone said I have a $1 million dollar business, like Pfft, I got a $5 million business. Someone else had 5, I'm like, "Well, mine has grown to 7. Look at how great I am." Until I came to realize that size doesn't matter. It's the old, you know, how big is it question? It's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. How many employees do you have? How big is your top line? It's ridiculous because if you're not pulling home the money and caring for your, your own vision and living the lifestyle you want, actually a bigger business represents more stress. So so today I've come to understand that the question shouldn't be how big is your business. The question really should be how healthy is your business? What's the bottom line look like? The bottom line should now be the top line, quite frankly. It should be the Mm -hmm. first thing we talk about.
0: Right. Now, you talked about not giving in to the temptations, and, and that is a very important piece to touch on did you really move into a retirement village at the age of 24 so that you could save money? I mean, you were trying to get away from the temptations too, and, and 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 as a corollary to that, what other kinds of crazy things have you done as an entrepreneur in order to save money? I'm just trying to give some practical tips to our listeners, things that you've experienced yeah. And done.
1: Yeah, I mean, my first experience with frugality was because it was forced upon me. Um, I, I started my first business when I was 24 and had literally no money, so we, removed, my wife and I had a the son at the time I still do. <laughs> my wife and my son uh we moved into uh, the only place we could afford, which was this retirement building. Uh, it was cheap and safe uh and and I did frugal things back then. I remember clients uh when I did an overnight project, I was setting up computer systems, they would give me money to go to the hotel, so I'd work till four in the morning and then stop you know stay at the hotel so i didn't have to drive home exhausted mm-hmm. and well, that was that two hundred bucks for a hotel room that was a week 's worth of groceries. At 4 o'clock in the morning, what I literally would do is I'd go to the uh, alarm panel in the building, type it in, and then sprint back into the building, dive under a conference room table, sleep under under the table (laughs) so it wouldn't detect me. And then, you know, at 7 or 8 in the morning when it's time to get out of there, because the the employees were coming in, I would have my alarm set on my watch and go running. Uh, You know, the alarm would almost go off. I'd have to disable it, leave the building, and and, and do that routine. Um, But, but. But once my business started growing and I sold a couple companies, well now I had money and I said, well, I gotta show off my trophies. I, you know, bought cars and moved into an expensive town, joined the big club and all this stuff and started living well beyond my means and uh, also became an angel investor and, and lost my money because I was so bad at it. And, uh, and this time then I, I learned that profit and wealth is not an event. It's not the day you sell your company. It's not these events. Profit and wealth is made through habits. And that's where I discovered this habit. So so then I implemented Profit First for myself. It forced, again, frugality upon me, not because there was no money coming in, but because I was taking my profit first. And then I was awakened to living in my business and my life, a more frugal lifestyle. But the interesting thing is you don't compromise much. I moved my office. I the I had an office space that was about $1,000 a month at the time when I was starting my third business. I was like, wow, that's cheap, a 1000 bucks!" But once I started putting profit first, I said, you know, I'm really not in a position to afford this 1000 bucks." I moved to free office space, just got it from a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and the space isn't great, but it's pretty good. And it's free. Yeah, and you're still it's, sitting in an
0: old office chair from when I read, too.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I love hand-me-downs and stuff. For this is the funny thing: for the longest time, I just recently changed it, but for the longest time, my desk was a door, like mm-hmm. literally a door on the side with a piece of plywood over it and the doorknob still on it. Um, now I just have a hand-me-down, hand-me-down furniture. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, the burning question I have as we close: we've been following your advice, putting profit first, and we have this nice little profit that we've built up, maybe over a year, maybe over several years. If we have cut out temptation, put it in another bank, what, what do, you, when do you spend it? What do, you, do, you, do you advise investing it back into the business? What, what do you advise there?
1: Yeah, so the profit accumulates, the one thing I suggest you don't do is reinvest in the business because really what that is, and we use fancy terms, reinvest, plow back. It simply mm-hmm. means the business can't run on its own. You're not making a profit because it's going right back. Here's what I suggest you do is that you, that you celebrate with it. I mean, profit was intended for you to live the lifestyle you want. So here's how you do it practically. Once a quarter, just like the big corporations do, once a quarter you announce a distribution. And when Ford or GE or whatever is announcing a $0.15 a share distribution, you're announcing like a $15,000 a share. It's all going to you. And then what you have to do is you have to celebrate with it. Go on that vacation you wanted. Buy buy that thing you wanted. Whatever, celebrate with it because it will it'll change your relation to your business. Instead of you being a servant to your business and constantly feeding it money, that's this cash-eating monster, now the business is serving you. It's like a workhorse for you, and you're benefiting from the rewards. It's the most important part of the behavior. Celebrate with the profits.
0: Yes, great advice today, Michael. And for those of you in the Kansas City area, uh, we'll get you more information on Michael coming back here in person in November uh, to talk about this book. And again, where can we get the book, Michael? July 8th? Uh,
1: July, starting on July 8th, it's available on Amazon.com. That's where you'll get the best deal.
0: And if you'd like to learn how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c com.